Welcome to the Game Changers NFT podcast, a show that highlights incredible women who are changing the game. I'm your host, Yin Hin. The Game Changers is a unique Web 3.0 project with the purpose of providing access to capital for women entrepreneurs, leveraging the power of NFTs. We are creating a dynamic virtuous cycle, art by women, featuring inspiring role models, generating revenue to fund women-led ventures and funds. Each episode, we sit down with a game changer that makes part of our collection. And every conversation is packed with personal stories, discoveries, and lessons learned within the blockchain and beyond. For more information, you can visit GameChangeNFT.com to learn more. Please enjoy. I'm Ava Halvai, and I am a game changer. In this episode, we sit down with Ava Halvai, founder of ArtXV the number one community for neurodivergent NFT artists. We start with Ava's family and learn about how close they were all growing up. They were all women and about how her older sister really inspired her to start Art XV. The XV is meant to share the number 15 in Roman numerals, which is the percent of the disabled community around the world. Her sister Tara is autistic and nonverbal and one of the most vibrant people you will ever meet. It is Ava's mission to share that communication is so much more than speech, and her sister is a shining example of that. Through Tara's artwork, she communicates feelings and emotions that are so palpable, no words are necessary. And Ava felt inspired to not only share Tara's artwork, but also create a community for the disabled artists around the world, as well as for their allies and supporters. Ava and ArtXV have already landed major corporate sponsorships and partnerships, including with Google and Coinbase. And this vibrant community allows the artist to choose whether they want to be visible or invisible. It should be their choice. And she's creating a platform for them to have the confidence to make a comfortable living on their own terms. Please enjoy this conversation with the incredible Ava Hawaii. Hi, Ava. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you on. Now, before we get into your incredible work in the blockchain space and talking all about that, we'd like to rewind people's highlight reel all the way back and share with folks where people grew up, because it seems like people like to hear these journey stories and get that background. So if you don't mind sharing about where you grew up. Yeah, of course. I'm born and raised in London, UK. I'm Iranian, but born here and lived here, went to school here, university and haven't ventured much further away. And you had mentioned in a prior conversation how close you are with your family and your sister. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we're a super tight-knit family. It's just me, my big sister Tara, and my mom. It's always been like that. A small, all-women, very loud and chaotic family. (laughs) Love it. My parents moved here to study in their 20s, and we've all been here ever since. It's been great being Iranian living in London. Part of your work is you have this interest in disability history. What's the genesis behind that? My big sister, Tara, she's autistic and nonverbal. I really grew up in the disabled community. We attended summer camp for disabled kids and their siblings. I met so many of my best friends there. That is how I would describe my childhood. It was the most amazing experience. Not just the people you met in the community. The disabled community is so rich in culture and it's so vibrant. But also, you know what? I always think this. I feel like in London, it's such a concrete city and everyone's very rigid and very rushed about. That was somewhere where they said you can roll around in mud, paint, slime, whatever you want. And it was so, so freeing. 
And it changes your perspective, right? Just to see that community, see how they operate with, I think, a lot more love and compassion for everything. And it's amazing to have that viewpoint as you did. It is absolutely incredible. Obviously, I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush. A community is very diverse. But there is this empathy within the disabled community and this resourcefulness as well. I mean, when the world's not built for you, like many other minorities, you have this sense of resourcefulness. It's amazing. I really don't think I would be the person that I am today if it wasn't for my sister and for my other friends. Even Tara being nonverbal, people always think like, what is that like? Is she just mute? Is she quiet in the corner? She is so vibrant. And even that in itself, it showed me that communication is so much more than speech. There's so much more to the world. It's really opened up my eyes. I'm incredibly grateful for those experiences. You're a student at the moment. What are you studying? I'm studying computer science. I did biochemistry and genetics before that. I was planning on being a doctor, but tech got a hold of me. What about computer science interests you? I love problem solving. There's that. I think also it's just revolutionizing the world. Look at Web3 in itself. Even Web2 before that, it's just that application. Even us, the way that we're talking to each other from across the world, it's amazing. And it's fun. Web3 is fun. We'll get more into that, I'm sure. Well, let's just hop right in. So when did you take the red pill and learn more about Web3, blockchain, all of that? People always assume I got into it through computer science. I didn't at all. It was purely through Tara, my sister. It was during lockdown. Tara is an amazing artist. She has these abstract pieces. And what I love about it is that those pieces are Tara. They're so loud and vibrant. They just describe her amazingly. I was like, you know what? I need to promote this. I need to show the world this. I went to a few traditional art galleries, a few people in the traditional art world. The reaction, it wasn't what I expected. As soon as they found out she was autistic, the vibe would change. They'd be like, she should go do a little charity work, join a charity, do art there. Maybe she could sell her stuff on Etsy. And I was like, Tara's not being taken seriously. And I'm certain it's because she's autistic. I don't really know what to do. And then this buzzword, NFTs, were going around. It was during the time of Clubhouse. It's funny because I would always say to people, what is an NFT? And they would be like, I don't really know, but it sounds cool. It's got to do with art. No one really knew what they were talking about. I looked into it more and I was like, you know what? This has a chance to really democratize the art industry. And there's so many unknown artists out there that are making a living for themselves. And I love that. I'm all about economic independence. Fast forward, now I realize how much more Web3 is. It's community, it's DAOs. It's a whole ecosystem, a whole culture. Tell me more about trying to democratize the art industry. This is something that you really started last summer. But if you could share more of how you started thinking about the NFT space with your sister's art talk a little bit more about that. I think we're coming up to one year with ArtXP next month. So very exciting. Really what I did is I made an Instagram page for my sister, pretty basic, showcasing her art. But I really got in touch with the disabled community online during lockdown. Having an autistic sister does not mean I know anything. I know about that one individual. So I was like, I really need to educate myself. And I educated myself on history, on human rights, on the culture. And it just opened up my eyes. And I made the Instagram page it developed a following. I was like, hang on a sec, there's so many artists here. It's not just my sister. And I was like, all this work I'm putting in for Tara, let me just do it for a group of us. I really believe that we're all better together. Speaking to them, they all went through the exact same experience with the traditional art world. So I was like, that's it. So we made an NFT collective and that's how Art XB was born. And XB is 15 in Roman numerals, 15% of the world is disabled. So the largest minority in the world. Wow, that's incredible. So tell me more. You've had partnerships with corporations. It sounds like you have started in really just the past year democratizing art. I thought if we need to get some big names on board with us. 
I feel very lucky to say our very first collab was with Google. <laughs> I didn't want to steal your thunder, but I'm like, okay, we got to talk about this because people talk about corporate partnerships. Oh, by the way, you just happened to get Google to do it first. So that's pretty nice. Thank you. Yeah, we partnered with Google Arts and Culture, which makes us the first NFT collective to partner with them. Also, I think the first neurodivergent art collective that they've worked with, and Google actually themselves said, how have we not done this before? It's okay, here I am. We will have a whole project with Google Arts and Culture on their platform. What I love about this is that something that is not great that happens often and is exactly what I'm doing now is that a lot of non-disabled people speak on behalf of disabled people. And that is something that I don't want to happen. I very much want to be a middle woman in all this. What is great about this project is that I've asked every single artist to do a whole profile on themselves, their upbringing, their inspirations, their art. It is so heartfelt. I can't tell you how many tears I shed making this and curating the whole thing. But it's amazing because A, you hear from the artists themselves. And B, anyone who gets one of their NFTs, you get the whole backstory, you get the videos. It is just a really heartfelt project. They're an amazing bunch. We've got that. We partnered with Coinbase, so we'll be launching on their platform, which I'm very excited about. We've also partnered with Maincap, which is the UK's largest charity for learning disabilities. And I'm so proud because my sister Tara is their very first ambassador, part of a cohort of ambassadors who are disabled themselves, which I love because they had all those trendy celeb ambassadors. And they thought, you know what? You need to hear it from the disabled people themselves. She's part of that. So I'm a very proud sister. We should be launching in June to coincide with NFT NYC. Keep tuned for that. I'm just excited for it to come out. So ArtXV, is that just the Google partnership or is that the whole collective? How does that work? ArtXV is just our NFT collective. We're independent, but we're doing projects with Google, with Coinbase. ArtXV started off as an NFT collective, but it's actually now being built into a DAO as well, which I'm so excited about because we can now give our artists and anyone who wants to be involved, allies as well, that agency over their own community, which is what I always wanted. Can you talk a little bit more about ETH Denver, the conference in Denver where you entered a DAO competition? What happened there? I went to ETH Denver. I want to shout out to her DAO. They're an all-women's DAO. They funded my trip. Um, they sponsored it. They're doing amazing work. So I want to shout them out. I was very, very lucky to go to ETH Denver, which is like a big ETH conference. I gave a talk there actually at the conference, which was great. And then I also entered this Metapod DAO pitch. So it was a pitch competition. Who won, which was great. I can't take the credit. It has to be to the artists. In the pitch, I gave little stories of all the artists. And I guess see that got the crowd going. I'm so, so happy we won. And then as a result, we got entered into their accelerator program. So with them, we're working to make it into a DAO. We're working to launch our NFT collective. And the people supporting Metapod DAO are like the real OGs, right? Metacartel DAO. We're in safe hands. I'm so excited about that. Kudos to you. I mean, you're so humble and you mentioned that it's really the artists that want it. But if you didn't orate it and effectively communicate it, then the $10,000 would not have been won. So kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. I keep busy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Speaking of keeping busy, you concurrently still also are studying, you're getting your master's in computer science. What do you want to do with that degree now that you have this understanding that NFTs are so popular and that community is building and you're interested in that? What would you like to do with your degree? Amazingly, that was a side project. You never imagine you're going to build a whole company, but it's just blown up so much. It's gone from filling a niche to something that's actually a real community, a really underserved, if not not served at all in Web3 community, the disabled community. I want to do IXC full-time. I would love to just take that on and grow it more and more, bring more people on, make some good impactful change. 
not what I would have said last year. It didn't exist last year. Amazing how time works. How do you envision doing that or growing that? What's the game plan moving forward after you graduate? That's the thing. At the moment, it's a one woman team. It's just me. So I would love to get a whole team going, get neurodivergent people both on the artist side and the business side. I really want it to be a company for them, by them. I would love to expand the DAO. But what I would really love to do is mix in real life projects and events, mix it up with these NFT drops. What I would really love from this is not only giving these artists exposure and also economic independence, having more representation of neurodivergent and disabled people. There's this weird segregation, certainly in the UK, I'm sure in many other countries, where disabled people are kind of kept away from society. There's a lot of barriers in society where they're not welcome to be out and about. There's not much media representation. I want it to be so full of disabled and neurodivergent people that there's no awkwardness anymore. It's just another person walking on the street. That's my end goal. I don't know if you saw the Academy Awards just this past weekend. I think it was Best Supporting Actor. For the first time, the award went to someone who was speech impaired. So he signed language, his whole acceptance speech, but it was such a beautiful thing. And it was that moment for the industry where it certainly helped with the exposure, but it was really a beautiful moment. The deaf actor. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. What a shame that other events club. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. So it's making progress, but there's a long way to go. Do you work with the disabled community in terms of increasing their brand awareness, their exposure, whether it's academic institutions or others? How do you think about that involving more of the disabled community? I really want to have people on all sides of things. So the front facing artist side and also the business side at the back. Before this, I really educated myself on the disabled community through leaders in the space who are disabled themselves. That's the thing. I'm a sibling and siblings care as parents. They sometimes have a habit of thinking that they know best, which is a big problem. I'm really trying to reshift how we've all been raised and I hear it from the community themselves. So I would love to work with universities, not just working with disabled artists in universities, but even just students. I think it's good to get people young and get them mixed with the disabled community. It's the same with educating them on any other minority. It's too late by the time you're an adult. You're already conditioned the archaic views of the world. That's actually a great point. I need to think about that more. There's a lot I can do there. We just ended the Women's History Month in March, but the theme this year is break the bias. And the idea is that to your point about bias and whether you get someone in their college years or post that, but everyone has their bias, hopefully to break that bias earlier in that cycle. Well, if you don't mind, I'd love to pivot to the signature game changer questions, starting with here you are in the space focusing on the segment of art and disability with Art XV, which sounds so amazing. What do you find most exciting about the space today? Apart from the obvious of it's so fun, I feel like tech can be a bit dry sometimes, but I love how this combines so much culture and community and art. I just love how it's shaking up so many different areas, art. I feel like it's a much more understanding culture. It's realizing the old way of doing things does not work. I love how it gives people flexibility. One of the things I love the most is we were actually speaking to one of the CTOs of Google, John Abel, and he's dyslexic, so he's neurodivergent himself. And he said something really wonderful about Web3 and NFTs. And he said, it allows our artists to be as visible or as invisible as they want. And I kind of love that. Like you can be behind your PFP project, your profile picture on Twitter, whatever it is. You can just be on Discord. I kind of love that because I think there's a long way to go with inclusion diversity in the space. But if we utilize the good parts, I think there's just so much potential there. That you could be as visible or invisible as you want. It's simple, but very profound. One question that we ask all the game changers is an area within blockchain that is the most misunderstood. 
I would say for people who haven't entered the space yet, I think it's community. I've had a few people approach me and they want to sell NFTs and they think you're selling something on Amazon, you sell it, someone likes it, they buy it. I think people underestimate the importance of community and it's so embedded in absolutely everything, in DAOs and NFT projects, even in meetups and conferences. It's such a community atmosphere. and I really love that. I think Web3, the perception to the outside world is very much crypto, huge NFT sales, board apes. And I think people are missing out. It's also a lot easier to get involved. You don't need to be technical or anything like that. Just join a community, chat to people on your own. Well, speaking of that, one of the common misperceptions, I think, is that people find it too hard, too complex, too difficult to learn. Are there resources that you recommend that you've used for yourself that got you up to speed and more comfortable? And whether it's a community and a certain people or online or podcast, how did you learn about the space? The moment I realized, okay, actually, it's not so unapproachable is when I realized it's just a lot of jargon. It's just a lot of jargon, a lot of acronyms. If you get past that, a lot of people in the space, don't get me wrong, absolute experts. But a lot of people just are interested and maybe not the most technical people. And that's perfectly fine. We need everyone in the space. Knowing that and being reassured by that's important. I first properly got into the space with all women's groups. Honestly, it was incredible. It's such an approachable space. I remember the poor women I met at the start when I just bombarded them with questions. I'm eternally grateful to them because they took the time. It's a chaotic space and just taking time to ask a question. I was so appreciative of. So definitely that. I made that mistake of looking online, Googling blockchain, data mining, I always say nobody knows how to work an iPhone. No one knows how it works on the inside. Relax with that bit. It's interesting, but get Twitter and follow a few people on Twitter. And it's the fastest way to absorb things. Learn some of the acronym, the jargon. You'll be good to go. And join a few DAOs on Discord. I think that's a great way as well. You'd mentioned the way you learned is this community and as an extension of a community of women that you initially asked all your questions with. In a field of generally mostly men still, whether it's the tech that you're studying or also in this space, what is your unique lens that you bring to the landscape and how are you a game changer? That's why I love diverse groups because I think the value that being diverse brings, everyone has a different opinion, different idea. It's so valuable. I always say that with our artists, it's not just you're doing a good deed by looking at their work. Their work is beautiful and amazing because they're such a diverse vibe. So I think that's important in itself. But I really want to be that bridge between the disabled community and the non-disabled community without taking the reins myself, but just doing the dirty work in the middle and allowing these artists to really have a platform and anyone in the space who's disabled have the platform to say, this is what I need. I also really want to empower these people to demand what they need as well, which is incredibly important. Like I said, 15% of the world's disabled. That's huge. That's enormous. That's over 1 billion people. So I really think Web3 needs to have a good representation of the space, especially if we want to be breaking old norms and being forward thinking. We had interviewed one brilliant, bold game changer, Lavinia Osborne, and she has this goal to get 50,000 women into blockchain by a certain time. Do you have a certain goal or metric that defines the impact you want to have? I love that. Let's see how long this takes, but I would love for any industry to mimic real life world. So I'm going to be bold and say I'd love for 15% of the space to be filled with neurodivergent and disabled people. And you know what? When you speak to people in the Web3 space, so many of them say, oh, actually, I have ADHD. Actually, I am neurodivergent. So they're there, but I want them to be a loud, bold presence that they could have that sense of community. 15% is my number. Did you have any role models or sponsors in the space that you could 
shared that said this person was really transformative, whether in my journey and my learning. Is there anyone that you really look up to in this space? 100%. One is Christina Flynn. And I feel like Christina Flynn always gets named as one of these influential people. And it's so true. She's amazing. She focuses on inclusion, diversity in the NFT space. She has ADHD herself, so she is neurodivergent. Such a patient, loving person, so committed to the cause. She's just wonderful. I really love her. And then I also have to shout out Yela. So Yela is someone who has been part of like 20 DAOs, something like that. Like he's definitely that connector. He really took me on when I joined this Padawan DAO. It's a student-led DAO. I was very clueless when I entered and he was just very patient. And I think he's responsible for so many people entering the space. He's an integral part to IXB taking off organized metaphor down as well, that pitch competition. Definitely those two spring to mind. And I have to say all the artists because they've completely changed my outlook on so many different things. For a community that has been historically exploited a lot in the past, they were so open to Web3. And I think it's from that resourcefulness and that creativity that the community has that blew me away. You have in a very short period of time, in less than a year, had a goal of amplifying the voice and ability for others to see the disabled community. What does success mean for you? I would love for our artists to live comfortably. I think that's the goal. It's reality. The disabled community is very marginalized and economically challenged. So I would love for them to make a living from their art. And I would love for them to have that confidence to be like, my art is incredible and to have their fans. That's success for me. I think onboarding more and more people. And my goal and my dream is to have these artists be there behind them for as long as they want. And then once they've made a name for themselves, they know the space, just let them go. And they can be artists in their own right, be independent and then bring on more. So if we can continue doing that and really make a loud name for ourselves and change people's perception of disability, even with my friends, that's my big success. My little success is having my friends really engage with me in conversations about disability when the first time I spoke to them about it, they were so awkward and I could tell they were uncomfortable. Every time that happens, it's a little win. I love that. Well, you are doing such an amazing thing and and giving people the ability to have that choice, whether it's to be visible or invisible. So I absolutely love that. The idea is that they at least have the platform to use their voice if they want to. Kudos to you. What's next for Ava Halvai? I feel like where does Ava start and IXB end at the moment? (laughs) It's all coming together. I guess for IXB, we have the Google project launching, which will be launched next month, which I'm so excited about. I'm sure I'll be out and about giving interviews and things like that. So I'm very excited to showcase all these artists' work. Actually, I'm going to be at ETH Amsterdam if anyone's going to be there. And I'll also be at NFT NYC to launch our very first drop. I guess for me individually, I'm going to peel myself away from IXV. Hopefully I'll be graduating soon in the next few months. So I'm looking forward to that so I can just focus on IXV really. Ava, thank you so much. I had a blast in this conversation and I hope our listeners learn a ton more about ArtXV because it sounds like a really tremendous project. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Had a great time.